Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast uh, brought to you by, presented by Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers. All right, Arizona takes care of business in the second half against Alabama, as I always do. What was the final score, John Schuster? Uh, I think it was 87-74. All right, 87-74. This was a tale of two halves, a tale of two cities. Um, But before we get into Arizona, guys, I want to mock Alabama Alabama for a second. I have no idea what they were doing out there. This entire game, just coming down and shooting 54 three-pointers and making seven of them, played right into the Tommy Gunn's hands. What say you guys? Well, uh, welcome to the age of uh, Nate Oates analytic basketball. Just keep shooting threes. Just keep shooting threes. Actually, it's a uh, uh, John Schuster pickup basketball as well from about 1988. Uh, but for me, it was because I was lazy and didn't want to run inside the three-point line. And that was the – in that capacity, you guard someone who likes to shoot threes and shoot threes yourself, and then you run a whole heck of a lot less. Uh, but uh, Alabama's offense was predicated on that, and that's just uh, the way that they play. Uh, but I think as the game progressed, Arizona's defense, which I don't know if it's going to get the credit necessarily that it deserves and wouldn't had this game uh, continued the way that it was up until about the last 10 minutes where the Cats started to pull away, uh, had a lot to do with it as well. You know, there's a bit to be said about, uh, you know, Alabama obviously had some open looks they couldn't hit early. And then, you know, I think Arizona defensively did a pretty nice job across the board in making things a lot more frustrating than it looks. After a while, when you start to string a bunch of games together, you get to the point where you begin to think that, you know, maybe Arizona's defense is pretty good if you continue, if you continue to see some strength, uh, trends. Real quick, Shoe, we got to get to this shirt briefly. We got to um, get to the shirt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What is this shirt? Well, you can't see it all, you know, maybe Stand later up, in the real show. real quick so I'll everybody can see this shirt. Standing up. Okay, it's very deep and it's very convoluted. This, you'll notice the eyes. The eyes are badass. All right, here we go. Now, there we go. That's the Starship Reliant, okay? (laughs) The reference point here is that this is a shirt from a Chinese knockoff location that has fantastic art for the Wrath of Khan, the greatest of the Star Trek films. So naturally, on a night where there was the Wrath of the Cats, I would wear something like this in honor of all the fantastic fans who enjoy one of the great sci-fi films of the last 40 plus years. Ben White, you're up. You're wearing something normal. (laughs) Yeah. When it comes to Alabama, are we sure Bobby Hurley didn't stick around there for the second game and and coach them behind the scenes? Um, Yeah, but this Alabama team, I mean, from the get-go, I mean, you knew all they were going to do was shoot threes. And I think it was really disheartening there, especially in the first half, given the fact that they were able to build a little bit of a league. And just Arizona was getting punked and just out-hustled just down low. There was a lot of missed shots. Just the rebounding was a concern. And I think, 
you know, when you look at what the guards did and you just look at how the game unfolded there in the first half, I mean, foul trouble was the tale of tonight. I mean, Love and Keyshawn Johnson clearly just didn't look comfortable. Um, obviously, you had to have guys like Pella Larson, guys like Jaden like Bradley step up, which I was thrilled to see in the second half because given what we saw against Purdue, where you saw some challenges from maybe some of the starters, Boswell is a guy who comes to mind. Um, leaving those guys in, I think, really ultimately helped Arizona come away and and put together that 11-0 run there in the second half and pull away. But altogether, a very sloppy game, I thought, for 25 of the 40 minutes. And Arizona's just fortunate that Alabama shot their way out of this game, to be honest with you. I'm at the stage now, and I was texting John Schuster this uh, throughout the game. Jaden Bradley and KJ Lewis have to have, and again, I think you're going to continue to see this, so I'm not complaining. They have to have defined, uh, defined and confined roles every time they come into the game, especially in big games, whether it was this game, whether it was against Purdue, whether it was against Michigan State, they changed the tide. Jaden Bradley is, he gets his hands on everything. He's incredibly pesky. KJ Lewis, as we've seen, does the same thing, finishes in transition as well. Shu, um, the, these dudes are difference makers off the bench. And again, this was, this team was kind of stuck in quicksand in the second half. They came in there and they shoot, uh, that, uh, uh, they say spearheaded that 12, nothing run. Um, I am a big fan of these two people. Uh, well, I am glad you are. I think a lot of Wildcat fans might agree with you. Uh, but then I guess this brings up a question. If you have defined roles and confined roles, then how many minutes do these guys get and where do they get them? Uh, you are correct in the assessment that they were good boosts off the bench. But at what point, and maybe this changes as the season progresses a little bit, Maybe they get a little bit more comfortable in what they're supposed to do. Uh, keep in mind, you're still in you know mid to late December here. Uh, so there's a lot of room for improvement and uh, plenty of basketball still to be played. And one of the things that I think is interesting about Arizona generally is that the Cats are under Tommy Lloyd a little bit more advanced than other teams in what it was they what it is they want to accomplish. But maybe these guys, you know, are still trying to figure some things out a little bit. But if they do, maybe they get more minutes. It was obviously helpful tonight. Uh, you know, Boswell was inconsistent again. A lot of folks have speculated that maybe there's an, you know, an issue where he's still got to work to try to come around uh, to get to the point that he needs to. And uh, then you're dealing with Love, who had a difficult performance as well. So the good news for Arizona is that they have options. Last year, they didn't. And that allows the Cats to uh, be able to adjust to some different styles, and they needed to adjust to physicality tonight. Yeah, Ben, uh, these two dudes, again, difference makers, just difference makers. Yeah, and I think when you look at somebody like Bradley, it doesn't really reflect in the score, but he changed the entire momentum of what they did there in the second half. I thought defense to offense was the key tonight. I mean, he is just relentless when it comes to trying to force steals, getting in those passing lanes, you know, scrapping for those loose balls. I mean, he was the guy coming out that gave Arizona that burst of energy because I thought at times throughout the majority of that game, especially the first 25 minutes, it's not that Arizona was trying to go toe to toe with Alabama from shooting outside, but there were a lot of rush possessions and a lot of forced shots. And I thought that it just wasn't natural and we weren't accustomed to seeing that with this team. But once you got Boswell on the bench, once you got love on the bench, and once you got some of these other guys settled down, 
Bradley was able to come in, do what we just talked about there. I thought KJ Lewis was another guy who was a huge difference maker tonight, especially in transition, some of the points he had. And I think when you look at the future, not only this year, but in the next year or so, you got to be pretty happy, Mike, with these two guys, because what they're showing now, um, the upside is huge with those two guys as well. Yeah, the upside is huge with both those guys. And we're going to get back to that in a few minutes. But what I also like what Tommy Lloyd did is it felt like in the Purdue game that there was almost this, all right, well, we've done enough here. We have to go back to the players that uh, started the game. Shoes talked about that last post game and it was actually a very good point um where, where is uh believe it or not <laughs> yeah believe it or not it was a very good point but um this time he rode the hot hand now listen boswell came back in totally fine with that but he rode the hot hand um on what happened right there and i was happy that he did that john schuster yeah this is the uh, back of my hand and that's Mike Luke with the compliment. Uh, so uh, being able, having a little bit, one of the things we talked about in the frustration of the show against Purdue is that when you have depth, one of the points to having depth, it's not the only one, versatility helps a lot, and we saw that tonight. But one of the points of having depth, if somebody isn't playing well, go to the bench and see if the other person is a little bit better. And that was something that Lloyd seemed to be a little bit resistant uh, toward, whereas Lewis and Bradley had some pretty good games and gave Arizona an opportunity to get back at it. And then he seemed to go to other players that weren't performing as well. Larson had an off night uh, at uh, in the Purdue matchup. Boswell struggled in the Purdue matchup. There were a lot of players tonight who, for the first 30 minutes, did not perform particularly well. So, you know, when that presents itself, try to figure out some other answers out there and give yourself some options. I think the options, once again, for Arizona were a little bit more than Alabama had. Yet, if you look at a lot of this game, first half and in, the, I'd say, the first 10 minutes of the second half, it, Arizona was still limited in the players that they wanted to go with. They weren't right. comfort. You know, it was you, if you're at that eight point, if Bradley and Lewis are eight and nine in this rotation, they weren't comfortable going to 10. And they weren't going to mess around with 11. There, you, you know, there's still a difference. You know, Arizona can go extraordinarily deep on the bench when they're beating Colgate by 40. But there's still a difference uh, between who, who the guys are uh, who ultimately uh, get on the court. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have guys in the – because over the course of a long season, in, in a regular season game, you're going to have guys who just don't play well. And – that's when you need to be able to go to somebody else, uh, especially come tournament time. All right, everybody out there, Pella Larson, you are all hitting me with a sledgehammer to the face that I totally deserve. Pella Larson, a little bit of a slow start, but was a total difference maker. Brad Rich, the man with two first names. We do not like people with two first names on this show. Um, we cannot stand people with two first names. They are the but, worst. But Brad Rich, you made a great point. You actually made a great point, Brad Bridge, even with the two first names. That Pella was a total joking aside, you're fantastic. Pella Larson was a total difference maker. Um, from defense to finishing. Um, when he's playing like that, there's few better players in the country in that situation. Yeah, they, they don't win this game without him tonight. Um, six for twelve from the field. I thought his shooting was spot on. I thought defensively, you know, I think when this team finds itself in 
challenging positions or they're back up against the wall. He's the one consistent piece all season that, that has just been given effort on the defensive side first. And I think that's hard to do, especially in today's college basketball with, with the guard you have and the style of play. I mean, he is just so consistent with what he does and, and, and he really brings a, just a different level of energy to this team. And he's gotten so much better um, just in the stretch of, you know, eight or nine months from when he finished playing last March. So I think without him, you know, obviously you had five guys in double figures. A lot of that was done in more so garbage time later there in the second half, but he was that consistent piece, Mike. And despite the fact that he had four fouls, um, I thought he played very calculated, but also very well. And he was also very aggressive. I thought, you know, the balance was there. Whereas I think somebody like love clearly struggled all night. Keyshawn Johnson struggled until the at last times five too, minutes until the last five minutes. But again, right. When you had those two guys go in foul trouble early on, especially getting two fouls there, I think six minutes into the game, I think it just messes with a guy mentally a little bit, but Pella Larson was sharp. He was there where he needed to be. And uh, without him, you know, they may not win this game. Robbie Dawn, Robbie Dawn, every now and then I say something that is funny. I think it's funny when I was making fun of Brad Rich with the first two first names. Every, I am going to pat myself on the back or on the shoulder. That I thought that was funny. All right, now we're going to talk about the uh, some interesting aspects and a, a couple concerns from this game that I came through. But first, have I told you guys about the Desert Financial Credit Union? Have I? The answer no. uh, The answer to that is yes. Oh, see, Ben, you're making it. He has told us about Ben was place. raised in what radio he and he doesn't get it. All right, Ben, come on. You're better than that. You got to have a short-term memory. The people want to hear it again. All right, fair enough. <laughs> when you open a free uh, checking account online, get $200 back in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Again, this is a credit union for the people, by the people, all kinds of good stuff. Now, the great Emma Clark has put together the Desert Financial Credit Union by the numbers, I believe. All right. Uh, here's the by the numbers. Um, Listen, this game was kind of a poo fest. I don't think that there's any doubt about it. This was not a pretty game to watch. Uh, the difference in this game came down to, I think, um, well, quite frankly, uh, 10% uh, 10% field goal percentages right there. Arizona, not many people know Arizona had no offensive rebounds and all defensive rebounds. <laughs> but uh, joking aside, it came down to that. And it came down to the fact that you shot eight of 40. I mean, that is a dullard yeah. way of playing basketball. I do not understand. Now, Arizona could get into some trouble in a few different uh, ways. But guys, what we, what do you make of these numbers? Well, uh, if you were watching the first four minutes of the game, and I know a lot of our late night folks were, uh, you would be surprised possibly at the end of the way things were trending that Arizona uh, won the rebounding advantage by 10. Alabama had six offensive rebounds in the first four minutes of the game, and that was the reason they had the lead. Right. There was a sequence, I think, before the first media timeout where Bama was terrible from Bama and Arizona were terrible from the floor. Uh, Arizona was something of like one for nine from the floor and Bama was three of 17. The key number there is that one team shot nine times. The other one shot 17. Right. right and the reason right. that Alabama shot 17 times from the floor is because they got numerous offensive rebounds. That is a hustle statistic. And I think early in this game, Arizona was not prepared for the type of athleticism that Alabama has across the board. And it took them a little while to get acclimated to that. 
And once they did, one of the things that even though this was a frustrating game and had uh, a lot of annoying points for the first 30 minutes, is that Arizona at least shored up the rebounding aspect of that. And it lessened the number of second shot opportunities uh, that Alabama had. Now, granted, Bama shooting eight for 40 from three-point range means that a lot of times you needed third shots and fourth shots and fifth shots and sixth shots. But, uh, you know, that opportunity, fortunately for Arizona, didn't present itself because I think Arizona did a much better job, clearly, as far as the overall rebounding numbers were concerned. Ben White, how concerned, though, are you? Because I'm a little concerned about it. Alabama, again, if they weren't playing brain dead, they had a lot of open threes. Um, That... Yeah, that does worry me a little bit. Ben, then Shu, I want to get your takes on that. Yeah, I think the man defense is is definitely a valid concern at this point because I mean, you saw last week against Purdue. I mean, they they went man, they went zone. It just from the perimeter, they just didn't really have much of an answer. And I thought I thought it was concerning. You know, I thought too from Alabama's standpoint, they could have done a lot better job. I think keying in on Arizona like Shu said they have some athleticism especially up front but for whatever reason those bigs struggle with fouls and I think both of them fouled out at a point where there was like six minutes left in that game but defensively it's a concern for sure um you know especially when you let them shoot at the volume like Shu just said right I mean you're if you're allowing 17 shots within the first six minutes of a basketball game that's a problem right um so it's definitely a concern I, I will be curious to see how they respond because I think this team, you know, the way they play, you know, the last couple of games in terms of how the tone is set the first five minutes, it, it hasn't been good. Um, and we saw this last year where this team would get off the slow starts and defensively, maybe they wouldn't be locked in. But when you face better teams, you know, FAU is a perfect example coming up on Saturday, you know, that five to 10 minute stretch of just poor shots and especially rebounding. I think rebounding is the biggest concern when you're getting out rebounded the way they did. Um, it's it's kind of going to be a recipe for disaster. So it'll be curious to see how they adjust when it comes to that. John Schuster, I'll, thoughts I'll on I also think that look, look, looking ahead at that Florida-Atlanta game, that's going to be a tough one for Arizona to rebound back from uh, oh, because yeah. Alabama took a lot out of them tonight. That yeah. was a very and, – and it's fortunate that it's 72 hours and not 48, but I think Arizona's depth is going to be tested. I would not be surprised if the Cats struggle from long range in that matchup from a fatigue standpoint, and they're going to have to be effective on the interior as a result. Uh, the Alabama and Oates is one of these guys. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with a lot, a lot of other coaches that do this too. In fact, Oates has done a really good job at you're Alabama. About to criticize, Alabama. You're about to criticize Oates. Could do it. Uh, no well, you know, I'm I'm much more a uh, Captain Crunch guy myself, so that's only a natural thing to have occur. Uh, you know the uh, the but the gist of it is that Oates loves those analytics, and so he loves three pointer, three pointer, three pointer, three pointer, three pointer, three pointer, three pointer. You only shoot thirty three percent. It's like getting a bunch of twos. You know that 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 number that we've heard a bunch. Thing about it is that, and, and I think one of the things that his philosophy is, or the analytics philosophy on this is, is that, that eventually you're going to shoot yourself out of a slump and you're going to regress to the mean or work your way back up to the mean. Alabama wasn't able to do that tonight. We saw this to some degree with Purdue, and I think Lloyd and a lot of coaches have this philosophy. Uh, you're going to get to a point where, you know, things just aren't going to break your way as effectively as where if you're too hot, you're going to level off. If you're not hot enough, you know, you're going to start hitting some shots and things will work out. But uh, one of the things that I think that doesn't take into account is how much of a rhythm game and how much emotion is involved in the relative inconsistency of college basketball. If, you if you're cold, 
You can just pile on because you're forcing too much. If you're hot, everything goes. And I think we've seen two games here that have been examples of that, one that worked for Arizona and one that did not. My problem also is I want to talk a little bit about the officiating. Again, I'm not blaming it because I thought it was crappy both ways. I hate ticky-tack officiating in college basketball. Let them play. I understand just because somebody touches the other person doesn't mean that you have to call a foul if it doesn't affect the play. I thought there were way too many foul calls in this game. What say both of you? By the way, Robbie, this is uh, real quick. Mike, who do you dislike more, shady two uh, uh, first-name people or the Kia boys? The Kia boys, because they have affected my wallet. My insurance rates have gone up because of those turds. Um, ben White, John Schuster, um, did you guys have any problem with the uh, the ticky-tack officiating? Go ahead, Ben. I, I had, Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's not just this game. I think it's weird because you've seen it throughout. I think all college basketball games, it's just, it's weird because typically within the first few minutes of a game, you know, they set the tone for what they're going to call. And for whatever reason, it seems like this game was an example. Some other games that Arizona has played has been other examples where they don't call anything, you know, for the first five, six minutes. And then all of a sudden you zone in and start calling things. I thought the, the foul that Lloyd was furious at and, and got the T, I think he had every right to be, to be furious there and again i mean it 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 disrupts the momentum of a game but you know when it comes down to it tonight i mean let's be honest here officiating didn't really make much of a difference here it's it's a concern for sure but you know when it comes to what you saw tonight i mean this is really i think a fatigue thing i think it might be an effort thing um this team just looks tired in stretches and i don't know what's going on with some individual players but boswell just doesn't look right to me i don't know if it's a health thing i don't know if it's a fatigue thing umar Ballo, which i'm sure we're going to dig a little bit deeper into mike you know we were talking about that during the game you know i know he had 16 points and he looked great on paper but there were just stretches and possessions where he did not look right i mean he wasn't finishing at the rim defensively there were some dumb fouls that he was committing but i think it's just a combination of just a lot of things going on in this game and you know i think the one thing that stands out to me and i'd be curious to your guys's thought is uh, fatigue Josh, uh, uh, it arizona's got more depth than a lot of other teams that it faces but that depth has been tested the last two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think the hope is that uh, the Cats can level things off a little bit, get into some sort of a rhythm once you get into conference play, and these guys can get their legs underneath them again. It's odd, given that Arizona has played so few games in December, but it appears that some of the guys have uh, struggled a little bit. The Boswell thing is clear. Uh, the last couple of games, Crevis has been out of his element. Yes, he very much. Ex- he was excellent yeah. for the first portion of the season. The last two games, he just has not been a factor. And it, the the speed of the game or the size of the game has been uncomfortable for him. Uh, and that's something that Arizona needs to get fixed because relying on Ballo against athletic teams like this, I think, becomes problematic and puts Arizona on the inside uh, in a position that it would rather not be in. It likes to have bodies. Now, there's good news here as well. Keep in mind the last 10 minutes of the game, who was the fatigue team? It was Alabama. Right. Uh, So Arizona was effective in wearing them down. That's a good thing. To me, this game looked a lot like uh, a Sweet 16 matchup in the NCAA where the one plays the four, and it's a grinder for about 30 to 35 minutes, but the better team wins by about seven and tends to make the things – has one player more, it's one possession more, sort of separates down the stretch because better teams are supposed to do that. Arizona is a better team. 
I think, excuse me, the good news here <clears throat> is that you're looking at a Cats team that if if we saw this style of game where Alabama's physicality and athleticism was frustrating the Arizona team from two years ago, the Arizona team from last year were top, were probably talking about a frustrating loss where they were able to limit what it was that Arizona was able to do and they were more physical. But Johnson does not back down from anybody. And so you have an Arizona team that a lot of coaches are going to say, push them around. See how Larson reacts when you push them. See, push him. See how Ballow reacts when you push him. You know, hey, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear snickering. Um, but, but, um, but uh, you know, you've got a guy like Johnson, like Love, like Lewis, like Bradley, uh, who are, are willing to step up in these sorts of situations. And it gives Arizona, so Arizona's not going to back down to that kind of challenge. And I think more often than not, it's going to answer it pretty well. But I think you can see come tournament time uh, that Alabama is the type of team that can be a problem because they're athletic across the board. A team like Houston is capable of doing those things. How many teams like that are out there that are in that, 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 that have ridiculous athleticism that may be in the 8 to 25 range? Probably quite a bit of them. So there may be some hurdles that Arizona's still dealing with, and it's not going to be a walk in the park, uh, you know, once you get uh, into the tournament. But I liked the physicality that Arizona showed, the willingness to, you know, answer the bell if somebody's going to get at you, and uh, also the Cats' ability to be the team that wore down the opposition tonight. Do you think Ballo wears Shady Rays? He should be. Oh, well, well, I mean, I mean, that's obvious, Mike, because right now you're going to say, ask him. It's an NIL world. Ask him. I would love to ask Umar Ballo, leader of men, uh, if he wears Shady Rays. I would assume he does exclusively for our listeners and Umar Ballo. Umar Ballo, if you are listening, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off. Two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And OGs. Do you think that he's ever tried OGs? Ben, what say you? You have a feeling with the kids. Of course. It's what all the kids do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll check it out again. OGs probably consumed by Umar Ballo at some point. We can't say that for sure. But either way. Uh, to learn more about OG's mouthwatering options and upcoming deals, head over to OG's Brands. They got the fruits. They got the creams. They got everything. All right. I got a little bit of a pet peeve, though, with Umar Ballo, leader of men. Um, I don't know how you are a fifth-year, a fourth-year senior. A fourth-year senior. Well, so I guess you're the what you're supposed to be. Um, how are you winded three minutes into the second half? Why do you have to go out of the game three minutes? And my other thing, again, and this to me is also why stats can be a little bit hollow. Um, he and Krebus both have a very difficult time at times catching the ball, getting it blocked, getting it altered. That annoys me. And against great uh, against teams with athleticism, that's going to be a problem. That is something that bothers me a little bit, fellas. 
Yeah, I think with him, you know, the fatigue is is possibly there. But again, it, it's no excuse like you said. But I think when you look at what teams are doing to Arizona, um, they're clearly just attacking those bigs and, and giving everything they've got and making making Arizona beat you from the perimeter, as Schuster has talked about on numerous occasions. And I think that's what they did tonight. I think they threw a lot at Ballo. I think when Crevis got in the game, I think the moment was a little bit too big for him in terms of the athleticism he was facing just because he was missing a lot lot of easy shots but yeah Ballo's interesting because I think we're at a point where I think we know what he is and he's done a tremendous job over the years I don't think any of us four years ago thought he would still be here and and doing as well as he's done but you kind of know what he is and he is that weak link unfortunately in the starting lineup in the sense that Opponents can scout him very easily because all you have to do is be physical, make him a little bit uncomfortable. And once you get him to the free throw line, that's where you want to be, right? Because he's not going to make his free throws. He so. made two in a row, though. He gave the middle finger to Ben White when they fouled him intentionally. I will yes. give the middle finger to Ben White for Umar Bello. Actually, a won't, but go ahead. He looked at the crowd and pointed right at me at, at me right after he made the second one. So there you go. But yeah, I think with him, it's it's challenging because you're going to run into these situations where you see more athletic teams down low and he's just vulnerable at times. I think he's very important to what this team does. I think, you know, they're going to continue to roll with him, especially given that I don't think Krebus is as far along as maybe we initially thought based off these last couple of games. But um, it's definitely an issue for sure, for sure. And it's something to keep an eye on. John Schuster. It's also okay that Krevis has leveled off a little bit uh, and you hope that there's a uh, a rebound. You know, you've got a little bit of video on him. You know how to attack him. And I think he's probably going through, uh, you know, that reassessment uh, point. And as the season moves along, I, I think there's reason to believe he will work out of what we're suggesting might be a mini slump. You know, so, you know, and and I think Crevis plays directly toward Ballow as well, because if Crevis isn't an option, then then you're because the depth that you thought you had on the inside that you don't yet have on the interior forces Tommy Lloyd to go to Ballow probably more minutes than he would like. And then thing, you know, and it's he's a guy who's what should Ballow be playing? Twenty eight minutes a game. Max, probably more like twenty four, twenty five. He's just not. Here's the thing but right here's the now. Thing with- but but uh, but uh, but uh, but I mean, Mike. Right now, you can't, can you? Yeah. You, do you, you without yeah, going to a problem. small lineup? You know, you're in a position where you start to force Ballo a little bit to get into the 28 range or the 32 range or the closer to 35 range, and then I think you're going to wear yourself down a little bit. Fortunately, Ballo was the guy again who was able, I think, to play a major role in. Uh, you know, uh, wearing down the opposition and getting some nice buckets late. Sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to step on you there. No, you should step on me. I should deserve to be stepped on. Um, no, we're not. Uh, Zachary Lewis, we appreciate your contributions, my friend. Thank you. Sleep well tonight. Um, DJ Helsey, I like this point. The rise of KJ Lewis has me wanting to see an Arizona lineup of death with Keyshawn at the five. Think the team could hold its own on the board well enough while terrorizing opponents defensively. Depending on the matchup, I am very intrigued by this. I am very intrigued by this because what I think this can work also because KJ Lewis and Pella Larson, while both about six five, play a little bit taller, play a little bit more physically athletic. I, in certain spots, I like that a great deal. And you may see it, especially. Go ahead. And you may, and you may see it, especially in some of these games against these Pac-12 opponents um, where Arizona is just going to be dominating. Um, I think it's interesting because that lineup 
I think bring something a little bit more offensively. I know the point was about defense. Then I think you're accustomed to seeing with somebody like Ballo traditionally out there, just because when Johnson is out there and then when Lewis is out there, the offense, it almost looks as if it just opens up more. I think guys are getting better looks from the perimeter. And I think the one area, in addition to rebounding, that you have to work on and, and take away from this game is just being more consistent from the perimeter. Now, they did finish in a decent spot, I guess, towards the end of the game, but the majority of those shots were not efficient. They weren't great shots. And, you know, like Shu said, as you go on the road and you face some of these tougher opponents, FAU in Vegas, you you go into the Pac-12 tournament, you go into March, it, you're going to have to find a way to shoot, you know, 40 to 45% consistently from the field. And that's easier said than done. So I think that lineup brings a little bit new of a dynamic offensively. And, you know, Johnson continues to get better every single game. And he is just that, just that physical menace down low that you know really sets the tone for what they're trying to do so um maybe when arizona is beating cal by 30 we'll see that lineup who knows i am surprised we haven't seen it more i think that lineup has all kinds of potential and arizona can hold its own uh certainly from an athletic standpoint any offensive issues uh they have an opportunity to score on the open floor uh and i think they can you know because it's not like every team is loaded with bigs uh, right. So I think there are lots of opportunities for Arizona to utilize that, and I would expect them to do so on a more consistent basis, especially if, Mike and Ben, you have Lewis improving, Bradley improving. Now it gives you an opportunity to feel pretty confident about a lineup. You like could that. throw six players out there and see if anybody notices. Yeah, because they're so small, you probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't even notice. You throw six undersized players out there, and maybe nobody would really notice. Um, I, uh, but again, I, I, like you said, I think there's a world of potential with that lineup, just because you can you can essentially switch everything. And again, it's one thing if you're going with three Smurfs out there. None of these players are five eight. They're all six one and over. And again, with Lewis and Pella Larson, you're six five six six and. Very good. All right. Now we're going to get to Jaden Bradley here in a second, because again, Jaden Bradley is really should really be growing on all of us, but you know what also is growing on us? The BetMGM Sportsbook app. All right. Here's the deal. You might say, Mike Luke, um, got to think to yourself. Um, what did you like in this game? I liked Arizona to cover and the under. Generally, I'm wrong on about everything. This one I was right, though, on. But either way, if you want to go against me or for me, get on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Here's the deal. Uh, hold on. I got to find it now. The read just went away because it's too long for me to remember it. All right. Sign up for a BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. If that bet loses is loses is your bonus loses. bet will, <laughs> will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for full details. Now let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, and on that note, if you want to get some more money as well, check out the Arizona Lottery. All right, here's the deal with the Arizona Lottery. You can uh, buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at ArizonaLottery.com. Must be 21 years or older to play. 
Uh, you can get scratchers for $1 and prizes up to $500,000. All right, AZ Cats G. They talk about living the American dream. We're leaving Footprint, headed for Whataburger, and tomorrow we are heading to Vegas. Go Cats, bear down. I will add hashtag back the A. Um, I had uh, Whataburger and um, uh, Lucky Wishbone in the last 24 hours. Shoe. Do you like Whataburger? No. Uh, well, yes, I, I I like Whataburger. It uh, I'm sometimes not terribly enamored how long it takes me to get a Whataburger, but uh, when Whataburger's on the agenda, it's uh, it's usually the triple. No mustard because mustard is hideous. No onion because onion is hideous. But sometimes I will get the green chilies. I get the I get the Monterey. What do you get, uh, Ben White? I get the uh, I get the triple with everything that Schuster just said he doesn't get. All right, and do you like Lucky Wishbone? I do like Lucky Wishbone. Yes. Yes. There are no Lucky Wishbones where you Lucky are. Lucky Wishbone used to be uh, walking distance from a place we both worked, and I would frequently go there uh, yeah. for lunch. Oh, very good. Very good point. John Schuster, do you, you don't like Lucky Wishbone, do you? I can tell. Yeah, it's not that I don't like Lucky Wishbone. It's just that uh, me and Khan, uh, you know, kind of are too busy uh, trying to get the Genesis device to uh, uh, spend time with a local chicken. Nearly as often as we would like. All right, that's fair enough. All right, let's you had to watch the you had to watch the rest of this show to understand that wacky reference. I hope you right. did not join us late. You did not join us late. If you joined us and late, if you're listening to this broadcast. None of that makes any sense. But I if you're seeing this broadcast, then your eyes are burnt. It's twelve thirteen a.m. It's totally acceptable. Lucky Wishbone gave me food poisoning from Noah, but it was probably worth it. Here's the thing with Lucky <laughs> Wishbone: it, or, uh, is that. It goes in good. It can come out hot and explosive at times, but you're probably the better person for it. You don't know really. Uh, you don't know until you've tried it. Now let's look ahead to FAU. Um, FAU also sounds like an insult. FAU, John Schuster. FAU. You're not um, the first person who said that. Yes, but this is a this is going to be an interesting game because this is going to be the last good team that Arizona probably plays all season. Um. They're uh, ranked 14th in the country, uh, went to the Final Four last year, return almost everybody, um, and uh, as bad as good a backcourt as there is in the country. This is going to be a real test for the Wildcats. Experience. Yeah, tenacious. this is going to be probably the best team. Go ahead, Shoe. No, yeah, experienced, tenacious, athletic. Uh, and I, I think Ben's white. And Ben, I apologize. Man, I'm stepping on everybody tonight. My apologies. Uh, yeah. He deserves it. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad that Arizona schedules, uh, you know, teams like this, it has been quite the gauntlet. It's, uh, you know, matchups like this are good for college basketball and it, it's the type of matchup that again, I think is going to be very similar to the, what, what we saw tonight. Uh, and so Arizona is going to have to be able to try to match athleticism on all five, uh, positions. Obviously they're bigger and that is an advantage. Uh, but, uh, we'll see how well they're able to, uh, keep pace. Because I kind of expect again that uh, Arizona may be a little lethargic after this, uh, after the pace of this game and the physicality of this game tonight. So FAU may have a little bit of uh, a calisthenic advantage going into this Are you matchup. Predicting, you're predicting an FAU win. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, but I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, was, but, but, but again, I think, but I think it's another exceptional test for the Cats, and I'm glad that uh, we get the opportunity to see it. Ben White, are you backing the A against FAU or are you backing the F? 
backing the F. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I am back. I am backing the A. It's certainly not going to be easy, but yeah, I mean, everything she just said, they're athletic. They have really good guard play. They were in the final four last year. Um, they've played some decent games this year. I think they beat A&M by what, six or seven points. And I think A&M was 12 or 13 at that point ranked um, in the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you got to put piece everything together, given the way that this is the fact that this is your last chance in the regular season to prove that you're one of the top teams in the country. You've lost to Purdue. You struggled for 25 out of the 40 minutes. I know the stats look a lot more favorable, but I don't care what anybody says. You had issues tonight. Guys looked fatigued. Guys did not play their best. So you're going to be in Vegas. You got to get ready for it. And um, you got to get ready for it quickly. Cause like she said, you only got uh, 72 hours. All right, speaking of food, Shaz uh, runs the uh, jack-in-the-box on uh, right on, what, Speedway and Park? Did Speedway you see and the Park? Speedway and Park uh, jack-in-the-box with all the brutal construction that doesn't make yes. any sense and continues. It's been going on for like five years now. And what they and do is go they on take, for another five. And what they do is they take a break during the summer when nobody's oh, here, and then they not only that, it back up. Exactly. And it looks like they've taken a break during Christmas as well. I've noticed that today as well. Right. I live right by campus. You're always by campus. You, uh, I noticed that as well. You're taking a break because, you know, why not? The kids are gone. Do we really need to do this? But I tell you that so I can tell you this. There is probably no better drunk food than the Jack in the Box tacos. Now, <laughs> doesn't have quite the same as when they used to be 99 cents, but I get with inflation and everything, it's a little bit higher. I would recommend, though, if you're going to get drunk this weekend, to go, or you don't even need to be drunk, go get these tacos. Our good buddy Kevin Woodman told a, a story on air many times about he and Glenn Parker, both, <laughs> let's just say, larger men. Um, and uh, after a night of uh, heavy drinking, they went out and they ordered 100 tacos. <laughs> and um, and he said that uh, I asked him, I said, did they uh, did you eat all of them? And he said, we ate all of them and there was room to spare. Whew. So, yes, Whew, the gauntlet eating 50 tacos a piece. Do you think the three of us should participate in that gauntlet? I can. I think. I. I, can, I think I can knock down fish. So I'll tell you a similar story. This was about a year ago. It was a little boat party get together, and the host of this event, Schuster, ordered uh, door dashed at the end of the evening after uh, several hours of drinking. He door dashed one hundred Big Macs. He probably finished about Ooh. three of them. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope he donated the rest of those to some uh, terrible cause. I, I I got stuck at the end of your story when uh, your story, as far as I was concerned, was stopped at something related to I was at a boat party. Uh, yeah. What are uh, we ahead? Ben White. <laughs> wow. Ben, ben White's hanging out on, uh, what, Bezos' yacht now? Uh, are you doing the broadcast from there? You've got your own PHNX. From an undisclosed um, location. <laughs> an yes. undisclosed yacht location with some biggie where, eh, it's just a boat. It's just a boat party. We're bored. We order 100 Big Macs and only eat three of them. All right, 99 cents on the Jack in the Box app. I do apologize. Ben White can attest. I can eat a lot of food um, and yes. a lot of very unhealthy food and a very – not saying that the tacos are unhealthy, but um, I don't know. Probably not lean protein as well. But either way. Um, so check it out. Either way, really good spot. Good dude there as well. And um, – 
What was I going to say? Uh, oh, I don't know. Do, do you want the 99 cent Mike Luke special? That'd be no. When I start talking about food, I get excited. By the way, I, I'm going to get Portillo's tomorrow. Portillo's Ooh. is right now is my favorite. Do, do, do we count that as fast? Uh, do we count that as fast food? We just count that as good. It's very Portillo's good. for fast. It's considered fast food, whatever. They do an amazing job there. They're not no, even a sponsor no. of the show, but they do an amazing job, John Schuster. Yeah. Two things. You get the Italian beef. Sometimes you can get it with the pepper if you like, if you want right. to, you know, spice things up a little bit. And you get the strawberry shortcake. And if you don't, and, and mm. you never, you almost never stop at one strawberry shortcake. You almost always have two. Sometimes if you're really off your rocker, you decide you're going to get the entire dessert menu. When you, you go to Portillo's. And that includes the cake shake. The cake shake. <laughs> I was going to say, do you, have you had the cake shake, John Schuster? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. On the same time that I had the uh, uh, the strawberry shortcake, and they had something else on the menu that I had as well. I had to have it. So it was uh, yeah. it, it was there and consumable. So, uh, you know, who cares about your blood sugar and, you know, A1C and whatever. All you that only live once. It's supposed to matter. You only live once, so you might as well enjoy dessert and the Italian beef, among other potential things, at Portillo's. And yes. your diet soda. Uh, Robert Madrill, yes, this is a very Ooh. good point. The food truck rotation at Tap and Bottle is elite, by the way, and it's always a lot of different, uh, uh, a lot of different, uh, vi- or vi- a lot of different variations. How about that for a redundancy? Um, okay, now, oh, I got one more read here. Uh, speaking of which, some burrows. Um, have you ever heard of some burrows? It sounds like a burrow place. Yeah, it does. It does. I have not had some burrows, but I've heard from people much smarter than me. I don't know if they have more refined palates, but either way, I've heard that they're very good. Uh, let some burrow cater for all your holiday fiestas, big or small. Order online or find one near visiting someburrows.com. Seasons eating with some burrows, someburrows.com to find one near you. All right. Mike's first yacht will be named Mom's Spaghetti. Uh, that is a very uh, that's a very good reference there. All right. Now, um, Arizona beats uh Arizona beats uh, Alabama. It comes down to me for this. Al Arizona, I thought you hit the nail on the head, Schuster. I thought you actually made a good point on the text where you said, this feels like a sweet 16 game where it's close for a while and then Arizona goes ahead and wins by about seven points, whatever the case uh, may be. That's exactly, well, the one by more than that. That's exactly what happened. I chalked that up to Arizona being better and Alabama going Brandon Staley with a full cheat sheet of how to game the system. Oh yeah, you know you got you. You don't want to watch the game in front of you. You just want to, you know, look at the numbers. Go pure MIT, and you're uh, good to go as far as uh, sports is concerned. But it's the way Alabama plays. And again, Arizona defensively, I think, was very good in this matchup. It was a very frustrating game that gives you areas of concern. I think uh, fans are going to watch some games here and there and say, oh, that athleticism thing can be a problem." But the Cats did a very nice job down the stretch of ultimately wearing Alabama down. And it was pretty clear in the last 10 minutes uh, which was the better team. And I think Bama had a lot of fatigue probably because because they weren't able to keep up with what it was that Arizona ultimately successfully tried to accomplish. So it, it was a very interesting game where I think over the first 30 minutes there were a lot of points where it's like, holy crap, is Arizona gonna drop two in a row? This is just a mess. And then there are gonna be some red flags that come up. But in the last 10 minutes, 
you look at how things turned out and you, and, and you like what Arizona was ultimately able to accomplish and it puts them rightfully in a position to be among the best teams in the country. Ben White, you're the smartest one here. The one with the yacht. The one with the you're, yacht. The one with ben the White yacht. coming to you live from the PHNX yacht <laughs> decked off of uh, Huntington Beach with uh, well, Kevin Woodman in the back room. With Kevin Woodman in the back room. Yes, Ben and Ben and Kev are very close. Oh, yes, Go ahead. Yes. No, I I think Schuster nailed it, and I think when you look at what happened over the first you know twenty minutes of this game. It, Definitely some challenges and some concerns for sure. Alabama jumped out to a 9-0 lead. They went on a pretty good run. Arizona couldn't get a rebound to save their lives there, especially in that first 15-minute stretch. Um, but ultimately, you know, when you go as deep as they do, and this goes back to the point about Larson. I know he's in the starting lineup, but point being, you go look at somebody like Lewis, somebody like Bradley. When they go 10 deep, eight deep like they do you're just going to wear teams down especially in that last 10 minute stretch and in arizona that's exactly what they did um they came out they started making shots they were able to get a lot of key guys for bama and foul trouble those two guards were just not getting the same looks that they were from three the majority of that game i thought arizona did a good job of locking down defensively and then you went right at those two bigs and you took them out of the game and from there that opened up opportunities for ballow who struggled most of the game he was able to obviously rebound and and, and get double digit scoring so i thought arizona responded very well and i think it was very i guess encouraging to see the way that tommy lloyd played out this game because he could have easily left boswell in the game he could have easily stuck with these starters and said you know what these are our main five or six guys we're going to stick with them but no he ran he ran with the hot hand he knew what lewis was doing he knew what somebody like bradley was doing despite only having four points just how much of a difference maker he was on both the defensive and offensive end just creating opportunities for his teammates but yeah i mean i think if you learn anything from this game it, it shows you that arizona has some nice quality depth and then when they find themselves in tough situations um they have the personnel and the ability to bounce back and win like they did today all right everybody out there you guys are all fantastic i also want to leave on this note as always you guys are the ones that make the show uh make it much easier for me as you all know i am scattershot i can go any which way to, depending on how it goes um for john schuster in the shirt ben white on the yacht i am mike luke by the way did you see how many points ASU had against Northwestern at the half, John Schuster? Uh, earlier, uh, I was it twelve? No, you don't shortchange. It was thirteen. Oh, yeah. Dang it! They did hit the free throw. I forgot they hit the free throw. Thirty-six uh, to thirteen, my friend. Beautiful, beautiful effort. Beautiful uh, effort. So, no matter how tough you think that you might have it in life. Just know that you could be rooting for a team that had 13 points at the half. But on that note, for John Schuster, Ben White, the great Emma Clark, one of my favorite people ever behind the scenes making this work, pulling double duty. Emma, you are fantastic. On that note, we're signing off, but we will be back with you. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame. We all silly like the mayor. 